love if it's torture Don't say I didn't, say I didn't warn ya Boys, only one love if it's torture Don't say I didn't, say I didn't warn ya Well, we're just gonna have to see how that goes because that was a first try, I think, for me trying to do the music uh, in the background because I don't have a second device to play it off of. Uh, welcome to Jaded. This is Jody. Today is January 27th, 2020, and it's been a real long time since I've done a solo podcast. And to be honest, I'm not sure I'm actually quite up for it tonight, but, you know, I'm kind of feeling it, so I'm going to roll with it. Um, back to not doing a solo podcast in a while. Um Things have been different, I guess that's all I can say. Uh, for the last couple of years of this podcast, it felt like I had a sense of urgency when it came to recording, that there were so many things going on in my life that I felt I wanted to share, that I wanted to put out there, that I thought, you know, there might be a chance somebody wanted to listen to. And lately, I suppose... Well, I just haven't felt that urgency. I haven't felt that, you know, that deep-seated burning desire to put anything out there. Um, could be a cycle in my bipolar. I don't know. I am, once again, unmedicated. Uh, medication with bipolar is frustrating. Uh, I suppose there are probably other ailments that medication is frustrating in, but with mental health diagnoses, trying to find medications that fit with me specifically, because we are all so individual. And when you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, that chemical imbalance really is not like anybody else's. It's very individualized. It's very unique. And, you know, talk therapy and discussions and quizzes and surveys Everything that a doctor or a provider can do to try to help hone in on the specific medication for you is still only kind of grasping at straws. Because for those of us afflicted with mental health diagnoses, well, it affects your brain. Bottom line, <laughs> it affects your brain. So even being able to verbalize feelings, thought processes, um desires, impulses, trying to describe those to another human being, first of all, it's difficult to know if any of the things you do fall into those particular categories. Because to me, they're just feelings. To me, they are just decisions that I make. They're not necessarily impulsive. I don't realize they're impulsive until I talk to someone else and they go, wow, you know, that was really bold or holy cow, you did that? I mean, in my head, that was a rational thought process. That was the next thing you did. But when you share those experiences with others, well, that's the only real way to gauge your own behavior is by bouncing it off someone else, by having discussions, conversations with other people, which, to be honest, I mostly avoid. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not a nice thing to say, but, um, 
I do often feel overwhelmed with the world. And the more conversations I have with folks, I am not alone in that. In fact, most people that I talk to find it easier to, you know, go to the ATM instead of the bank. Go to self-checkout instead of standing in line and having to talk to the cashier when you do get up there. Um, I, I'm not alone when I say that I, I kind of don't like to have to interact with the human race. It's just easier when you don't have to. Um, but at the same time, I do find that I, I feel, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or that I know it all, but I feel that I interact with the public fairly well. Um, in my, in the job that I'm at now, I was put in a position where I had to be at the front desk every day for like six months, <laughs> which probably doesn't sound like much, but you know, to me and I imagine to others, it was huge. I was the face they saw when they walked in, which meant I had to be smiling. And I would hope because I hate to be fake that that smile was actually generated for a good purpose and it wasn't just to be fake and put it on, right? So it took getting used to, but I found that, you know, when people I recognized came walking in, my smile came naturally. You know, oh, hey, that's so-and-so. And the smile would come. And with the smile came just kind of a good feeling in my heart, you know? And now I'm not saying that there aren't people that would walk in the door and I think, oh, Dang, here comes so-and-so, right? Because there are those people. I'm human. I feel. I'm real. But for the most part, people were happy to see me. People were happy to be recognized, um, appreciated, being spoken to, and making eye contact is a big thing. Though, you know, there are many a days where that's the last thing I want to do. Sitting at the front desk, I accepted that as part of my job for the day. Pretty much. And finding a job for the day for anyone with depression, that is huge. Because finding self-recognition, self-importance, even in menial tasks, can be a lifesaver if you're someone who suffers from depression, like I do. So I've learned that despite my adverse <laughs> instincts... Um, to stay away from other humans, I find that when I am interacting with them, that that I do very well. So that's something that I learned about myself over this past year. It's it's crazy to say that it's 2020. Um, <laughs> mostly crazy because 2020 is the hindsight, right? We all see better in 2020. Uh, but for me, it brings mixed emotions because 2020 is also the place where my alcoholic used to work. And it was his uh, email. It was his passcode into his apartment. Like 2020 was a big number for me and my alcoholic. So it's it's been a little bit of a mind fuck, if you will. Um, but, you know, things are, as far as I know, good there as well. Um I don't want to, I don't know that I want to say this, but, but I will. Boy, I'm really terrible with uh, enunciation tonight. But I did try to contact my alcoholic, knowing he's got me blocked, you know, on our iPhones, probably, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, probably every possible media outlet out there, he's got me blocked. But I still think of him. 
And I don't, I no longer think of him negatively. In fact, I don't really know that I did think of him negatively. The negative part was my regret in how I behaved or what I did or how things ended, you know, but always more self-reflective. It's so much easier to, uh, so much easier to hate myself. Um, I'll just leave that at that. However, I, I've, I, I do think of him often, and the other night I just kind of felt a little overwhelming feeling like I wanted to kind of reach out. So I did, and my phone didn't tell me right away that it was blocked. I still don't know that he got the message, but, you know, even if he didn't, I know that I reached out. And that, and that brings me to another point. I guess maybe my life is just a bunch of uh, wasted effort. But um, things have been difficult with my son Colby and his girlfriend Savannah and her son Eli and my granddaughter Luna. Um, They've been very difficult, at least for me. Um, my father, not too long ago, got a prompting from the Holy Spirit to buy me a car. This was following an incident where I was parked in front of my parents' house. My daughter was parked behind me. And I, like an idiot, trying to run to Safeway for my mother, forgot she was behind me. And instead of pulling forward to go all the way down the cul-de-sac to come back out, I tried to do the quicker route by backing up and flipping around and ran right into my daughter's car. Um, my bumper fell off. <laughs> I went inside to tell my daughter, let her know. My dad overheard. My dad came out. He saw what he thought was my ruined Honda and... He says at that point, he immediately had the feeling from the Holy Spirit that he should buy me another car. And he told me this over lunch, <laughs> over lunch a couple months ago. Um, I never knew why my dad bought me this car kind of out of nowhere. But he said that the Holy Spirit prompted him to buy me another car. And he says, Jody, I questioned that spirit. And I said, really? Buy her a car, really? And he says, Jody, the feeling came back even stronger. So even against my own better judgment, I bought you that car. So he bought me a used 1999 Honda CRV, which, for anyone listening, is three years older than the car I had, which I thought drove fine, which I liked, and I would have fixed the bumper, but my father bought me another vehicle. So... Oh, I hope this doesn't turn into a whiny podcast. <laughs> All right. So thinking my son and his girlfriend and their two children did not have a car. My Accord was not a beautiful, brand new, running, spectacular, warranty provided vehicle. It was free. It was from me. I even had it registered for the next year they wouldn't have to worry about that and at the time I had insurance on it so they didn't have to worry about that 
And when I gave them the vehicle, I said, my dad got me another car. If you guys want my car, you're happy to have it. I got to tell you, folks, there was a fight before where my son got in my face and said, Mom, why would we want this piece of shit car? And in that same argument, and this will probably make a lot of people not like him, he said, I can't wait until Grandma is six feet under. Now, I've, I've talked about that a lot with people close to me because I still struggle with the audacity of my son, the rudeness, the disrespect, the... And for anybody who knows me, I wanted to slap the shit out of my son. And I would not have hesitated except that Colby has put his hands on me before. Shit, I have a feeling I said Kyler earlier and I didn't mean to. It's This is Colby. Can have to listen to this before I let it out. But... In that moment, I thought about hitting him for disrespecting my mother. And in the very next second, I thought, Jody, he'll hit you back. And I wasn't ready to bring that drama into that setting. My daughter was there. My mother was there. And so, unfortunately, that comment just sat there. few days later, my son called me to apologize. Looking back, I was a sucker to accept it. But I did, and I agreed still to give them my accord. And when my father finally sealed the deal on the CRV that he'd purchased for me, I had my son drive it up to me and let them drive home with my accord. I told them at the time... You know, the bumper's a little rickety. I have a friend who's agreed to solder it on for me. You know, we can get that taken care of. But just so you know, it's registered and there's insurance on it for a couple months. If you want to make this car truly yours, all you have to do is get insurance on it and get it registered. Then it's yours. Nobody can say anything to you about it. Nobody can give you grief. Because that was a big question of Colby's was, so mom, if we take this car... Like, Grandma and Grandpa can't tell us any shit about where, where we can go and what time we need to be home. And, and I said, no, son. No, this is your car. You are adults. As long as you're not being disrespectful, you don't have to answer to them as far as what you do with it. Okay, pretty simple answer, I thought. Um, within a week, I was getting shitty texts from Savannah, my possibly possible daughter-in-law. Some of the pictures I found on Facebook, it looks like maybe they got married. You know, in the state of Colorado, all you have to do is go to the DMV and request a marriage license, and then you can marry yourself. Like, it's that easy. You don't have to have a judge. You don't have to have anybody. You can marry yourself. So... Seeing these pictures and knowing what I know, they could be married. It may be Savannah Ortiz. Don't know. But within a week of me 
giving them my car, I immediately start getting texts from Colby about how the tire is low and why would I give them a piece of shit car with fucked up tires and he left me a seething message, a horrible, demeaning, rude, disrespectful voicemail one day while I was on my way to work. I was scraping ice off my car when he called and left it. And I didn't get a chance to listen to it until I was almost at work. And he told me what a piece of shit I was for giving them such a piece of shit car. And proceeded to say a bunch of lovely other things and hung up. He also told me that I wasn't allowed to see the kids. Because I had given them a piece of shit car, because I didn't give a shit about them, I wasn't allowed to see the kids. I haven't really been able to process that. Although I talk to Nick all the time. Um, Nick can often be one-track-minded, and I find it terribly frustrating, especially when he drinks. Um... So anyway, that's not always necessarily an outlet for me. So I, it feels like I'm bleeding right now on this podcast, and maybe I am. Um, so I'll wrap that up, and I'll move to something more pleasant. Um, I still can't see the kids. Savannah and I did get into it once in my parents' driveway um, because she's just... She's just seriously talking shit to me. Like, everything bad in my life, like my father kicking out my teeth, she's like, Jody, you know what? You fucking deserve that, you fucking bitch. You deserve to get your fucking teeth kicked out. And, like, everything she could think of, she was just throwing in my face. And I'm like, Savannah, like, what the fuck is the matter with you? And Colby comes up to get in the middle of this. And this little bitch slapped the shit out of my son. My six-foot-tall son, this little girl, slapped the shit out of him in front of me when all he was trying to do was make us be civil to each other. And after she slapped him, she looked at me with a joker fucking face and goes, Oh, I'll bet you thought that was disrespectful, didn't you? And oh my God, what it took for me to not lose my shit at that point. Like, I was literally in shock. My son did not hit her back. He, he, he turned his head and walked away like that happened every day. And it, it broke my heart almost as much as it shocked me. And looking back, I don't know why I didn't jump on this bitch and pound her to the fucking ground. But I, you know, those are my instincts. Those aren't what I do. Yeah, that's what I want to do, but it's not what I do. Instead, I just sat there shocked like... Oh, I, so things are really broken there. And the reason I brought that up is because I am doing everything possible that I can think of to fix that. Like, I don't know what that takes. I don't know. 
I don't actually know how to get into this girl's head. Um, she scares me, quite honestly. She scares me for what she's doing to my son, for what she's doing to those babies. I am so proud to hear that my son has stepped up, that he takes care of those kids. He cooks for them every day. He takes care of her, even though she talks shit about him every chance she gets him. She breaks him down, and she's totally controlling. I'm still very proud that my son is taking care of the kids. Um, but I am doing what I do. I, Folks, I don't like people hating me. I don't like feeling animosity or disappointment or I don't like feeling negativity when I think of those that I love and so with my son and with Savannah I was down at my parents house the other day and my mom loves to make cards my mom makes the most amazing handmade cards any occasion that you can think of birthday Christmas you know just my mom is very artistic, very talented, and she puts a, lo a lot of love and thought into the cards that she makes. And when I was down there the other night, I asked her if she had a blank one. If she had a blank one that I could fill out for Colby and Savannah. Um, just letting them know that I want to talk. Uh, so she told me where they were, and I got in the drawer, and I found some, and I wrote on the card, you know, Colby, Savannah, can we please talk? I love you all. Love, mom, slash, Jody. And I asked my mom a good place to put it, because I was afraid if I put it on the door to the room, that it might disappear. Okay, because... My son Colby turned 21 in August. And I can't always give my kids great presents or a lot of money. Um, but this year I gave my son 100 bucks, Which hurt me, being on my own. And I hate to say that, but I gave him 100 bucks, And when I came to my mom's on his birthday and told my mom I had a card for him, she goes, well, we'll give him this one too. And she handed me his birthday card from her and my father as well, which I know had 50 bucks in it. And I walked it up to my son's room, and at the time he still, he wasn't necessarily talking to me, but I knocked on the door, Savannah was not there, um, the baby was, Luna was there, and I was like, hey son, you know, I've got your cards, and everything was congenial, everything was nice, he took the cards for me. I felt this, like, nine in my brain telling me to have him open the cards in front of me, like, so I knew he would get them. But I didn't. And a few days later, he was mad at me and telling me that I didn't bother to get him anything for his birthday and that nobody did. And I tried to correct him, and I said, Son, like, I gave you 100 bucks, and Grandma gave you 50 bucks. And he was like, I didn't get those cards. And I said, Son, I put them in your hands that night. And he goes, Well... Grandma probably came and took them back. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Why would your grandmother take back money she just given you? And why would she take back money I'd given you? And he goes, well, I don't know, but I didn't get it. 
Okay, well, I bet I know where the fuck it went. And I'll bet you it wasn't my mother. I'll bet you it was definitely Savannah. Because this woman does not seem to want Colby to be loved by anybody. By anybody. Not even herself. She treats my son like shit. Oh. So, I asked my mom where I might put the card so there was a chance that Colby might get it. And she said, well, put it on the fridge. <laughs> Which is kind of great because, you know, I, I had three boys and they ate me out of house and home for most of the years that they were growing. And Colby especially um, ate a lot of food. So it kind of cracked me up that she said the fridge. But I, I went with that. I left it on the fridge. I haven't heard. It's been almost a week. I probably won't hear. So tonight, I went out to... <laughs> the dollar store and got almost 20 different cards. I got, I got apology cards. I got sympathy cards. I got encouragement cards. I got friendship cards. I got hello cards. I got all kinds of cards that I am going to sign, fill out and send to Colby and to Savannah a couple days a week. Until hopefully I get a response. I love them. I'm sorry I didn't get the car fixed. But I've never hurt the kids. I've never hurt them. And it breaks my heart that I don't get to be a part of this. A part of their lives. Just, they act like the whole world's against them. And that's so wrong. Like, I will support them in any way I can if they would just let me in. So I'm going to be annoying and persistent. And some folks would say that, you know, they don't like that part about me. But I don't know how else to be. So definitely going to try that. Um, very happy to report that my sister and I are talking again. Uh... Julia and I have had a rocky on and off kind of relationship. And, you know, if anything, she's my family and I care about her always. And difference of opinion can sometimes be huge. Um, so can misunderstandings. And it's so nice to be able to have communication to clear up those misunderstandings because, like, situations with Colby where he won't talk to me. Like, there is no possibility of making things better unless you open the door to conversation. And so I'm, I'm hoping that things with Colby and Savannah can get better like things with Julia and I have. And I am very much looking forward to going to her wedding next month. Uh, congratulations, Julia and Dave. I'm really excited for you guys, and I'm really grateful that I can be a part of your wedding. Uh, on the same note, uh, and I don't even know that he listens anymore, but my brother Brian and his wife Claire got married in February um, before last, or maybe last. Gosh, time flies so fast. And I was late to their wedding reception. 
I honestly did not know that they would wait for me, that my presence was needed before the wedding. Um, I had some really emotional baggage that I was dealing with that weekend, and I showed up to the wedding late. And I've been told since that I acted selfishly and that I took away from the experience of their wedding because I was late. And I never, ever, ever intended that. And now that I know that, it's going to weigh on me as well, so maybe I should have bought some cards for Brian and Claire. <laughs> Nobody knows how much time we have left. I've lost folks close to me lately. And I don't ever want anyone to leave this earth thinking that I'm mad at them or that I hate them or or not knowing that I love them. So <laughs> depressing podcast though it sounds. Overall, I'm doing well. I am doing well. I love my one bedroom apartment. I love being able to talk to my kids when I can. I love the connection I have with my parents. And I love the connection I have with my sisters. Still have to work on the one with Joanna, but hopefully that will come. My brothers have always been great. My world is small, but it is important. And I have a couple friends that I need to connect with more, and I intend to do so. I hope this podcast didn't bore the shit out of you, if you did listen. If you did, thank you for joining me. This is Jaded, and I'm Jody.